0: What's up, what's up, everybody? We back to here here Hello Flagrant the Podcast, season two, episode two. It's your man Flagrant DM. I'm in here with my brother Sean B flagrant. What's going on with you? Oh man, you know, I'm always good, man. What's going on? Oh, you know me, man. Hello Flagrant the Podcast. I'm always happy to be here. Happy to, you know, be here with the fans and, and get to talk sports with you, with them. Um, you know, we're gonna jump right into this. We're not even gonna go mess with it. Um the NFL is crazy right now. NFL week two. Um, you know, didn't let us down for the second week in a row. Khalil Mack played great, but not for your team. How do you feel? Uh, oh man? So once again,
1: Khalil Mack on prime time. Uh last week he was on Sunday night football. Had a monster game. They wound up losing, obviously, to um Green Bay, but you know, this week they came down or they were playing back at home in Chicago, played against the Seattle Seahawks, who were kind of a you know, having a rebuild year, I guess you could say, but still impressive showing again from Khalil Mack. I mean, strip strip fumble, strip sack. I mean, dude was all over the field. They had yeah. it mic'd up and everything, man. Like, yeah. It's tough. It's tough as a Raiders fan. I know all Raider Nation, man, Black Hole, everybody feel me right now, man. It's tough watching this dude make so many plays and the Raiders didn't do so good on Sunday again so I mean we're 0-2 right now I mean Khalil Mack is doing his thing in Chicago we're not getting any pass rushes I don't know it's it's it's, it's tough right now it's I like I said Oakland stand up for me it's tough right now being a Raiders fan seeing Khalil do all his thing but Hopefully, we can get it together and, and not feel this pain for too much longer because, obviously, Khalil Max on a mission.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Um, speaking of a mission, my team completed one. We made it happen, got us a win. Jimmy G, you know what I'm saying? Um, Detroit, <laughs> beat Detroit Lions barely, um, but we made it through. We got us a win, so shout out to the Niner gang. Bang, bang. What up with it? Um, you know what I'm saying? Just...
1: First of all, first of all, first of all, let's talk about that because week one, y'all lost to the Minnesota Vikings, which is expected, I guess. Yeah, no shame in that. Minnesota Vikings was in the playoffs, almost went to the Super Bowl last year. Um, but I mean, y'all played Detroit, Detroit got blew out on national TV Monday Night Football by the Jets. Listen.
0: The Jets. T S Jets. We don't line them up. We just play who's in front of us. You know, I
1: mean, you? I get it. I get it. I get it. No shame. No shame. But I mean, 30 to 27. Y'all almost choked that game
0: off too. Cause Jimmy James oh, no, that pick, man. We so did. we almost yeah, we did. We did. I mean, I can't
1: say nothing because the Raiders choked days off because we was up what 19 to 7, I think. And right. boom. Came back 20, 20 to 19. We didn't even score in the second half again for the second week in a row, which is embarrassing. I I don't know, John Gruden, offensive play caller, what's up? You got to show me something, brother, because I, I don't know what the hell is going on.
0: Yeah. So speaking of an embarrassing and, and you know, blown leads at the same time, Cleveland Browns almost gave it to New Orleans. I mean, they were up on them by at least two touchdowns for a good part of the game. Right. What does this say about New Orleans? I mean, after getting blown out by, by Tampa Bay, who – you know, some say Tampa just hasn't, you know, starting to, to, to figure it out. And maybe they they are a better team than we thought. Or New Orleans may not be as good of a team as we expected.
1: Well, I mean, I personally, I think New Orleans defense took a big, big, big hit. I don't know what it is. I don't know what was the problem last year. They were really good, um, especially in the backside of their, their defense, you know, with their corners and everything like that. Now they can't stop anybody. I'm talking about. Fitz Magic is doing his thing down in Tampa. I mean, 48 points against him in week one. You come up. I mean, I right, look, the Browns, they're getting better. They still haven't won a game yet, but they're <laughs> getting better. You know what I'm saying? This is the, what, the second, second year going on the third year that they haven't won. They only won one game in the last two years, but maybe they'll get it this week coming up against the Jets. But anyway, they – yeah. It's all because of their kicker. They would have lost – they would have won that game. The Browns would have won that game. Their kicker missed two field goals and right. and and messed up on uh, two more other chip shots. I mean, it came out, though, actually, today that he had a pull groin. I guess that's maybe just the excuse they're trying to use so they don't have to – I think mean, they did let him go. But the excuse they're trying to use that, oh, well, it wasn't technically our fault. We should have won fans. But, you know, Cleveland Browns are going to be Cleveland Browns, man. I mean, they're the joke of you the know? The old Phoenix Suns, like the NBA had, they did yeah. joke of the league, they a joke of the league. But I don't know. I, I think this is more New Orleans. You know, Drew Brees hasn't been throwing the ball like usual. I mean, he did in the first game, like I said, he had four, it was forty-eight to forty. But I mean, to only score eighteen or twenty-one points, I should say, because they did win by a field goal against the Browns is is, is bad.
0: Right. Bad. Right. Um. You know, some 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 other interesting things around the league. Um, I know you brought up your boy Fitz Magic uh, down here in Tampa Bay. Shocked me. They did cover the, 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 the over-under, um, and so I did predict that. However, I predicted it in favor of Philadelphia, as did many people, uh, but the Buccaneers pulled out a, a six-point victory over Philadelphia down here in Tampa Bay. Again, same question starts to loom. Is Philadelphia playing poorly or – Is Tampa Bay playing well? Well, I think the problem
1: for me that I see is that Nick Foles really is not who we thought he was. I mean, that whole championship run that he had last year to go to the Super Bowl was great. It was magical. Everybody just thought this was the greatest thing. Nick Foles is back. Well, Nick Foles has been a bust, I should say, in the league, except for that one year that he played. No, just just say it. He's a bust. He's a bust. He's a bust. And, I mean, he's had, like I said, he had a great a great run of the Super Bowl last year but reality is starting to set in and um they you see now that they're, they're actually going to rush Carson Wentz back into the lineup right. which I don't know if that's a great thing or not. I don't know if Carson Wentz is really ready or not. I mean only the medical staff knows but they they they're panicking over oh, there in Philadelphia cuz they're like we can't we can't squander the the year off this bad. I mean they did beat Atlanta in week 1 in opening uh, in opening night of the NFL but you know, losing to Tampa Bay, people start talking in the front office like, we got to get somebody in here because uh Nick Foles ain't the answer. We need Wentz back, man. But right. I don't know. I mean, it was a lot of surprising things that happened this week. You know, KC, Kansas City is rolling, rolling through the NFL. I mean, Patrick Mahomes looks like the real deal. I don't know. I mean, him and Fitzpatrick right now, the new, new, somewhat newcomers, I guess, in the league, Patrick Mahomes. Fitzpatrick's been here for a while, but, I mean, he's getting his opportunity since right. Jameis Winston can't play. But, you know, it, it's been it's been surprising a lot of these games. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of high-scoring games, a lot of blowouts that I didn't think I would see. I thought it would be more of a low-scoring affairs, you know, with these teams trying to figure out where to go, how to, you know, how to get back into football shape. But it's been crazy. It's been crazy to say the least, man. Like, football is – I'm just glad football is back. I say that.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely been interesting. Um, I'm suffering as a fantasy football coach right now because of everything that is going on, especially, especially, and so this is going to jump me to my next topic. Um, Your boy, Le'Veon Bell, you know Mm. what I mean? And the trouble that is going down in Pittsburgh right now, um, it's definitely affecting me as a fantasy football coach, but it is obviously affecting the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, Mike Tomlin, Ben Roethlisberger. You, you got a lot going on up there, and and a lot of people want to point the finger at Le'Veon. Is he the key factor? Is he the one that, that is causing this, or is this something that the team would be experiencing, whether he was playing or not?
1: I think it's a problem. I think that... Um... Pittsburgh just is going through a lot right now. I actually wrote a story on theflagorfellow.com. If you're not watching this through, you know, our website, you know, go check that out. Um, but I think the problem is I think Pittsburgh is, is they're not overrated, but I think their time, their window is closed. Um, Le'Veon Bell not reporting is huge. The man is missing $850,000 per game to sit out. Now think about that. I mean, most people in this world include, well, hopefully not me, but, most people in this world won't ever see $850,000. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, for him to just take that and, and not even trip, I mean, he just had a little rap show actually yesterday promoting his LP, which is insane. <laughs> Why you supposed to be out here working but, out, but, with but your
0: are team? You, But are you going to stream it, though? Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, dude is living his best life.
1: <laughs> outside of football, you know what I'm saying? They caught him at, at I think, at a club in Miami. Man, he he's not tripping off that team. But that goes to show you that this dude is not really—he's not bought into the team. He just worried about his money. I get it, man. The football yeah. players—they have to do that this day and age. But it's more—it's more to Pittsburgh than that because we also heard about that situation with AB, right? Right. Yeah. Now that like you got to think about that. Like, so I watched that game because obviously Kansas City went bananas on them boys. Throwing passes, I got to talk about Patrick Mahomes, six touchdown passes. Pittsburgh had no answers. The secondary is trash. Worse than probably worse than NFL. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real honest with you. And yeah, they played Tampa Bay this coming up Monday. But anyway, A B was pissed off because they were more targeting Juju Smith Schuster and not him. No, I mean Juju, the young boy coming in there bowling. A B is the legend down there in Pittsburgh, so he, you know, he's gonna feel some type of way. But you know. It was crazy because a PR person that used to work for the Pittsburgh Steelers went on Twitter and basically was just going off talking about AB should be lucky that he got Ben Rossenberg should be lucky. And be thinking of his, 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 uh, the lucky stars that he even has somebody like big Ben and he needs to be quiet because if he's on any other team, he'd be whack. AB came back and straight up said, you know what? If that's the case, trade me. We'll see what happens. Now, I'm not taking any part of this because I know how feelings get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had a bad day. You see, you read about this and you like, man, F them dudes. You feel me? Like, but there's something to this. Obviously, that locker room ain't that strong. And right, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's on Mike Tomlin Because Big Ben, like we talked about before, before the season started, he had a big deal about them drafting Mason Rudolph in the draft because, oh, well, you know, he was talking about he wanted to be retired at first he was thinking about retirement, and now he's like, nah, wait a minute, what, what, what you gonna go get this dude for? Like, well, what are you expecting to do? You right. know what I'm saying? So now you got the quarterback unhappy, you got the wide receiver unhappy at the quarterback because he ain't throwing the ball. You got the lineman upset because they blocking for a dude they don't even know. Lady and I run around kicking it in, in Miami and doing rap albums, you feel me? So there's a problem all out there. like I and mean, the defense, like I said, is trash, so...
0: It's serious, and it's it's something that that really, really, really needs to to be looked at. Is, you know, Mike Tomlin too lenient? Is, you know, as as an organization, do they need to kind of – not do they need to. I'm at the point where I'm saying regardless of kind of what happens for the rest of the season, you can expect Pittsburgh Steelers as an organization are going to flush top to bottom. Tomlin's gone. Roethlisberger, if he stays – will be on a very short leash, you know what I'm saying? Like, a, he might be gone too. I, I don't know what they're going to attempt to do with Le'Veon, A, B, as well. Like, they may just flush everything and just say, you know what, we need to start over. Because I think they do. I think they really do. I think they really need to, like, go ahead and dismantle it and and restart as an organization. I think they've, they've given it too much. This is not me just particularly singling out Mike Tomlin. I think as a coach, he does have to take – a lot of responsibility as an organization top to bottom you also have to take some responsibility but I just think there comes a time where you look at something and say hey this just isn't working right and we got we got to break it apart and we got to start fresh for everybody involved for our fan base for the people that come to want to watch these games you guys aren't satisfying any of this and so we we, we have to we have to start over
1: yeah, know I, I totally agree with you. I think Mike Tomlin, it's time to go. He's been the coach for the Pittsburgh City for quite a long time. He's had an impressive record, but you got to think about it. Other than the, 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 the championships that he has won, he's only got two, but other than that, he hasn't got past New England. That's a big deal because what's right. the point of you keep coming in second fiddle to this team that's going to just beat you as long as their players are healthy, as long as Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are over there in, in New England? You're not going to win. So – at that point, try something new. Get another coach in there, get some fresh blood, maybe somebody can get the team back. John Connor is a, a decent running back for them. Le'Veon, they can't franchise him another time after this. I mean, you can't right. do it. Now his contract gonna be up 20-23 million dollars. And look, Le'Veon is probably the best running back in the league. But if you go, if he's gonna keep playing his game over and over every year you can't keep doing that as an organization. You got to right. know – you got to have this man solid and coming in ready to work. Yeah. I know – you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get that he's he's an offensive talent, but you got to move on from that. Big Ben, he's getting older. I'm sorry. I know he can still throw the ball a little bit, but he can't get separation, can't get around defenses a lot. You know, if he doesn't get the ball out quick, he's going to get sat every single time. So, you know, A.B. might be the only one you want to keep in there, but I mean <laughs> – it's time to rebuild. The, the writing's on the wall for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They look like they could have been something, but, I mean, with the, the fact that they can't pay anybody because Big Ben got a big contract, AB got a big contract, if Le'Veon does come back, his contract's going to be huge. Who you going to pay? You obviously ain't playing the defense because the defense is trash. I've said right. it three times already. I'm going to say it one more time. That defense is trash. Like, whoever they play against bet the over because they are not going to stop
0: anybody, period. Are you telling me take Tampa Bay and the points this week is what you're saying?
1: No, I'm not saying that at <laughs> all. <I> was, <laughs>
0: that's
1: a trap game to me. I don't I ain't game at all. I'm sitting here saying that right now. I'm just telling you the defense is trash. I'm not going to sit here and say Tampa Bay is going to win because I'm going to be honest with you. Fitz Magic, I don't know how long that's going to last. But it will be a good game. It might be close around, but I think maybe Pittsburgh might pull out – I Probably lean towards so, him. over. Okay, okay, okay.
0: I, all right. So then, let's talk about this. Then Fitzmagic. Magic, um, he's he's two and zero, right? Has one more game guaranteed to start. Should he win this game, you as a a coach of Tampa Bay or a GM of Tampa Bay, what do you do with Jameis Winston, who by the way is now being sued by the same Uber driver that he is suspended for? Uh, touching inappropriately um there will be a story about that on the flagrantfoul.com coming up um, you guys will look out for that but Jameis is now being sued by this this uber driver who you know obviously he got the three game suspension which is still kind of weird because the minimum for for this kind of offense was supposed to be six games according to the nfl so he got the three not sure how that got by Fitzmagic goes three and zero. What do you do?
1: I mean, honestly, if Fitzmagic loses this game, I'm not taking him off the the starting quarterback. I mean, he's been there since day one. He ain't been running around touching people, so he doesn't need to go. He's been playing – I mean, he's been playing all all world right now. Like, you can't get away from the hot hand. What you need to do as an organization in Tampa, they need to get rid of – they need to do whatever they need to do. Don't play Jameis at all. Let Fitzmagic play. Mm-hmm. trade Trey Jameis don't let him touch the field because the thing about it is Jameis to me is not really that good of a quarterback I mean he was great in in college but he too many turnovers too big of a headache you don't need to deal with none of his mess get him out of there don't let him touch the field because he touched the field he gonna throw five interceptions and then nobody's gonna want him keep him on on the sideline bubble wrap him find somebody to trade for him get you a few picks. And then get him out of there. Draft somebody in the future. Fitzpatrick ain't really the the answer, but he'll do for right now. Now, you know
0: what I'm now, now. Jameis Winston is supposed to to be a twenty million dollar cap hit to somebody mm. in twenty nineteen. <laughs> well, the way the way his contract is structured is that he had a. 25 million dollar deal, and he was paid five million of it through the first four years, and then 20 of it was going to be in year five. Oh my god, in 2019, so he is a 20 almost a 21 million dollar cap hit to somebody come 2019. Just think about that.
1: Okay, so first, what you do as an organization is you find the dude that gave him the contract and you fire him because I don't know why you thought that James Winston was going to be better in year four. The more time he plays, the worse he gets. I don't know if anybody's seen that. I've watched (laughs) James since when he first started at Florida State till now. Every single year I've watched this dude, he's getting worse and worse. You should have seen his trend. So fire him. Then go find some sucker in the NFL. And Trey, him. There are a lot of bums that are playing right now. There are a lot of bum quarterbacks that they would take anybody, especially as a backup. Uh, I mean, even if you have a team that is contending for something, if he can, if, as long as you can take that hit and his contract drops off after that, maybe. If it well, does, not so,
0: I don't know. And so, and so what I missed, and so what I missed in this part, what I was saying was that was his base salary. In these, in these first four years, he also got all of his signing bonus. So through the end of 2018, he received all of his $16 million signing bonus um, and then goes into 2019 as a $21 million cap hit. Well, <laughs> look, Tampa, you messed you,
1: up. You messed up. I just you put. I don't know why you put that money in James. I'm just so gonna you, say that.
0: Okay, so then the question is though: Do you keep 21 million dollars on the bench?
1: I mean, I'm not gonna play him if he's gonna be terrible. I mean, my my point is this: the dude has shown time and time again that he cannot do the right thing. Right. I don't know what to tell you. That's my, that's my thing. At this, I have no I have no answers to this because I can't play this dude because he's either gonna mess up or he's gonna throw a million picks. And it's going to mess my team up. Like, he is a bum. I'm sorry, Jamis. I don't know you. I hope you're listening to the podcast. Flakin' Fowl loves you in in terms of what you do because you keep our stories going. (laughs) Every time you come (laughs) on the news, it's something done. So thank you for that. But other than that, in terms of football, Tampa, you need to get rid of this dude somehow, figure out some clause in a contract. I don't know what to tell you, but this dude is not the answer. I'm not saying Fitzpatrick is the answer. I mean, he's really right now. He's hot. You can't take out the hot hand. But $21 million in that last year, man, you
0: blew it, Tampa. Blew it. Blew it. Blew so, it. speaking of guys with troubled past and um, teams making decisions, Josh Gordon is going mm-hmm. to New England. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have decided that they have done all they can do with Josh um, and New England who has a history of picking up trouble players, as we so, so well know, um, they have decided that they want to take on the Josh Gordon saga and and see if they can right his ship and make him a better player. I guess in the same conversation, is, is Josh Gordon ever going to be the potential that people thought he was? Is Have we seen what we're going to see from Josh? Is there an opportunity for Josh to be better? What are we looking at here?
1: I mean, I wouldn't say better. I mean, the dude is all world when he actually plays football, but no. I mean, New England's just going to have him for this year if he can stay somewhat clean, or at least to the perception of being clean. I'm going to be honest with you. Right. Josh Gordon is an amazing talent, but that dude has demons out of his world. Like, he's came out, said it. I mean, we all know about his weed problem. The dude is addicted. I mean, weed is legal now in a lot of places, but if you yes. can't function and play football, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Somebody told you straight up, I'm going to give you $5 million to play a sport. And all they told you was, please don't smoke weed. You, could you do it?
0: Uh, yes, easily. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think I could, too. I think 99.9% of the people in the world could. It's just that plus 1%, which is Josh Gordon. He has a problem. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, he's came out and said he's been drinking. Now, this is the time. Cleveland basically let go of him, and the reason why they let go of him is because he didn't show up to a meeting, I guess, or it was something, an event that the organization put on, he didn't show up, didn't say what he was doing. But if Cleveland has dealt with this dude for seven years, all his weed problems, everything that he's done, the man missed a a whole entire season and most of another season because he could not stay clean. And you're going to tell me they're going to finally just come out and have a press conference. Say like, we, we can't deal with this anymore. He's gone. After not making a meeting, something happened.
0: Yeah. Something happened.
1: Something happened. They don't something want to happened. disclose it. Something happened.
0: Something happened. But yeah. at the same time, I mean, as an organization early in the season, if, if something did happen or if, you know what I mean? We were at this point, why not? You know what I mean? Take a draft pick for them. Um, at the At the worst, I think if he doesn't play I think more than five games for the for the Patriots, I think they man. get pick or oh, ten <laughs> games they get they get they get a, a late round pick back for him, so you really don't lose a whole lot um for getting rid of him. I guess the question for me though is, is Belichick going to be able to make something out of him? You know what I mean I know tom brady has a has a habit of making something out of nothing out of receivers, but Tom Brady's getting older. Um, The Patriots are not exactly the same team that they were. Is Belichick going to make something out of Josh Gordon? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I said, as long as the dude can play,
1: he'll play. Like I said, he's all world. Belichick put him on that team because they know they need scoring. They just got blown out by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They basically saw that right on the wall. Like we need somebody that's dynamic that can come in and help us if we're going to get to the top. Belichick and Brady not tripping. They finna be out yeah. the league probably pretty soon. I mean, we've seen this from Belichick and the Patriots time and time again. Randy Moss came in there after leaving Oakland, and which he quit on the team. Can't still can't stand that, but came there and had twenty-seven touchdown catches. You know what I'm right. saying? So he's had that. I mean, but they're, they're willing to do that. Chad single was terrible over there. Okay, cut him. Albert Hainsworth, cut him. You know what I'm saying? They had. Uh, Chandler Jones, that, that was a mistake. I'm telling you right now, Challenge Jones is a beast. He's playing over in Arizona. He's the only person on Arizona that I have. But Bre- Belichick is not worried about that. Right. He, just, he just use people just for that season, and he'll get rid of them. He'll probably have Josh Gordon play so well, and people think, oh, he's okay. He's not on the weed. He's good. And then flip him to somebody else for a first, a second-round pick,
0: and then he'll mess up again. Mess up somewhere else, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it makes sense if I'm Belichick in New England, take him. Use them for what I need to flip them. It makes. I sense. mean,
1: I mean, think about this. <laughs> this is all you to say. This man had a murderer on his team for four years and nobody knew about it. Think about that. He will do whatever it takes to make sure he win. That is the patriot way. Forget <laughs> like, all yeah, you know I mean, the falling line and everything like that. This man is like, I will do whatever it takes to yeah. win.
0: Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes for Patreon wins.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, every morning, Josh Gordon going to get a little package slipped under his door (laughs) in a little bag that don't say nothing. Just do whatever you got to do and make it to practice. The bus is outside when you get done.
0: (laughs) That's
1: it. Nobody has to know about nothing. (laughs) So, So, yeah, I mean. It's a, it's, a, it's a big move for them if they can keep it right, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's if they can keep it right. If anybody can do it, it'll be them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, rounding out week two in the NFL with a hella flagrant story in a number of ways, Vontae Davis from the Buffalo Bills went into the, the locker room at halftime and just said, you know what? I'm done. I'm good. Y'all can have this. I did what I had to do. I'm gonna retire at halftime. Not even go in this game. I'm not even gonna come out and sit on the bench for the rest of the game. Like, I'm just done right here, right now. And you know what?
1: This was the most. Cra- this is the craziest thing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. going to be real honest with you. In all sports, I've ever, I mean, well, I take it back. I did see last year they had a fight where a dude came in there. And boxing match, dude came in there, touched gloves, and just walked right out.
0: I did see that. But that yeah. was that was over some money, though. He got, he got told that he was supposed to get one amount, and then as soon as he was walking to the ring, they changed the purse amount on him. So I respect that. OK.
1: I didn't know that. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Now, Bonte didn't do that. Bonte has a structured contract that he gets paid for. So this has nothing to do with money. Vontae Davis, if you don't know who he is, you should know who he is because he's nobody really. But he's a cornerback that plays for the Buffalo Bills. He's also the brother of Vernon Davis who used to play for the 49ers. Now, that's, that's me to here it there. The Buffalo Bills are terrible. Probably the worst team in the NFL right now. Super just terrible. God awful. They lost the first week 47-3 to three to the Baltimore Ravens, who I now am thinking that are not really that good. I just think the Buffalo Bills are really that bad. Yes. Um, I'm saying that because I have him on my fantasy defense. Just terrible game last, last week. Anyway, um, and the Buffalo Bills this week actually played the LA Chargers. They lost 31 to 20. Now, at a halftime, like you said, this dude just straight up say, I can't do this anymore. It's just too much. I don't want to play football anymore. <laughs>
0: I'm thinking about this. I, I'm just, I'm just taking. On, sorry, I'm just taking football mm-hmm. out of this for a minute and thinking about any other job. Like, if I just pulled up to a regular job somewhere that I worked and I was like, you know what? I'm headed into lunch, but I, I can't do this anymore, y'all. You know what? I'm just done here. I'm gonna pack up and go home. I'm out. <laughs> Think about that though, like the whole day you sitting there doing
1: your little work or whatever, you go get your hamburger or your sandwich, man. You sitting there eating your sandwich and you like you know what, this is not for me. And you just go get in your car and drive home. Like it the cool part he didn't tell nobody. He didn't tell right. nobody. Like they went, out. they went out, they you know, they gave they they did the whole let's go bills, let's do this for the team, rah-rah, rah. rah, rah. It's our home game. This fool just stayed back and was like. All right, uh, let me go put my clothes yeah, on real quick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And think about that, though, because it's not like he just got out to the parking lot. You still have to walk past people. Right. You still got to, I, I mean, my The you have same people you see guy. all the time. Right. Like, the people that, the security people probably look at you like, "What the hell are you going, bro? Like, <laughs> you're not done here <laughs> He just walked by, gapped a few people up. Like, all right, bro, like, I got to go, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, good, good, good seeing you. <laughs> and he's cold because he just started this team. Like, he wasn't even on this team. They just signed him. Like, he's he's been playing since 2009. He's been on the Miami Dolphins. And the last four years before this, he's been on the, Indiana, or the Indianapolis Colts. So it's like, you just got your contract. And the messed up part about all this is you took somebody else's roster spot. Right. It was somebody that was working their ass off, trying to get into the league, trying to make a position. And you were just like, Nah, this is me. I'm the starting cornerback. And he's the number one starting cornerback on that team. So yeah. it's not like it's just like a, a regular dude. Like he's one of the, the better, They're better. Well, they're not, they're terrible, but he's one of their better players. Which is not saying much, but you
0: know. So um and so according to him, though, you know, in a statement that he put out, he said that, that he felt something was wrong and that he knows his body and that, you know, there was just something going on that he just felt like he could no longer continue playing this sport. And I, now, granted, football is a high contact, high impact sport. And a lot of people say if you start to feel some type of way, it's smart on you to walk away so that you, you know, don't injure yourself for the future. Respect all of that, understand all of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not on the field every day, I don't get hit, I don't hit people. Don't know how that goes, you know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, you couldn't let nobody know, bro. Like, you couldn't, like, the coach said he didn't even find out till the third quarter. Like, the right. rest of the team found out, like, like, you couldn't even be like, listen, this is how I'm feeling. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm feeling this kind of way, I don't feel well, I'm gonna go home. We'll talk about this tomorrow. Like, you didn't even say nothing. You just took a shower, got in your car, and was like, I'm out. Pull the coach aside. Pull the, the, the training the, the training guy aside
1: and tell him, you know, straight up, like, I got, like, something, something wrong. I don't feel good. Like, start whoever, you know, in my place. Sit there and watch. Like a fan. Sit there and watch on the sideline. Like, it's not like you like, couldn't that, st- stand up.
0: up right. like, yeah. Every- Hey, we're, wait! Where's Wait, hold on. We don't got nobody in the corner. Right? <laughs> no, we paid somebody for to the be
1: there. Like, wait a minute. Got Keenan Allen running free, like, catching, <laughs> <laughs> catching balls. Like, isn't somebody supposed to be there? Like, I don't understand this. Like, what's going on? Looking around for for I forgot whatever number he is, but just, it and makes no man sense man on the field. It makes no sense. Like, all you really had to do was just go talk to the coaches. And just be like, I can't go on. Finish the game on the sideline. Talk to the coach after and be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I messed up. I can't do this anymore. Or get something checked. check. I don't know. The, the doctors are there for you if it really was that. I just, I just think he just was done.
0: Or even if, if again, even if you don't want to play, even if you don't want the doctors to try to convince you to play, nothing. You could still tell somebody. Right. Like this even is. even even the cornerback that, that plays behind you, tap him on the shoulder. Bro, you in for the rest of the game. I gotta go. Right. Some something.
1: Something. He just, I mean, basically what it was was 48 to 47 to 3, 31 to 20. He saw the writings on the wall how the season was gonna go. I don't want to be sitting there getting torched left and right because we can't defend nobody. I'm not doing this. <laughs> That's it. Like I didn't make enough money. To, to not be embarrassed on national TV, I'm good. I mean, it is it is what it is. It's just it makes not a bit of sense as a man. Just finish something out, man. Right. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, I um, mean, we, we know about the Davises because Vernon was crying on the sideline before, too. So, you know. So. The Davises is a little bit sensitive out here. You know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So NFL Week um, 2, that kind of wraps up most of the major, major stories in NFL Week 2. We'll get in later into the show. We'll get into Week 3 and what we kind of predict for some of those games. Um, Moving out of the NFL into college football. Uh, Real quick, um, Urban Meyer had a follow-up interview with ESPN in regard to his suspension and his reaction to his suspension. Um, I'm going to jump this off with my reaction to his interview and saying that I still don't feel like this man is sorry, remorseful at all whatsoever, nor do I think part of me doesn't even feel like he feels like he was wrong in any sort of way. I just feel like he's going through the motions of saying whatever somebody has scripted for him to say to make it seem like I'm just trying to get over the suspensions and let me get back to coaching, which is, in my mind, Completely fucked up and sideways because you still have not apologized to Courtney Smith directly. Um, you still in the interview, you he even said he hadn't even heard some of the things that she said that she felt about the situation. You know what I mean? Like all you still continue to say is that you're sorry that we're here at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, I watched that interview Tom Rinaldi did with Urban Meyer and I mean, I was just blown away I mean it's it's obvious to me that the dude does not have any remorse for the situation he just is trying to get out of the situation he's just he, he doesn't want to lose it or lose any more fans or you know potential players that might come to Ohio State he doesn't want to lose his job basically right. because I think he feels like if, if Ohio State can't do damage control and make him and get him back to being you know the popular head coach that he is, then he's probably going to lose his job eventually. That's all I got from that. Um, and I think that that was what Ohio State and him was doing, was damage control. Countless time they asked him in an interview, and, and Tom Rinaldi was good because he, he, he basically asked him tough questions. And I feel like Urban Meyer wasn't – I mean, he was prepared enough, but I don't think he thought he was going to go to the extent that Tom Rinaldi did. So, right. Case in point, he asked, know, he asked, when I say the name Courtney Smith, what do you, what do you think of this man? answered, extremely difficult situation, a very troubled marriage. What does that mean? Like when you hear the name Courtney Smith of extremely difficult situation, right? I oh. mean, domestic violence is a very difficult situation for the people involved. We know that I don't, I don't see how that answers the question. I don't think that that's what he meant by when he said that he's trying to get you to say, do you feel sorry for the woman? Do you feel like you were wrong by not saying anything? Not what the situation was. We know it's a very, you know, extremely difficult situation. And, And on point of that, I know that domestic violence means you have a troubled marriage. That's that's common sense. So, I mean, and a lot. Of, I'll give you another one. When is the last time you spoke to Courtney Smith? I don't know. A long time ago. Well, you, and then he asked him a follow-up. Like, can you tell me when? I, I can't give you an exact date. Years. I don't know. A few right. years ago. Like and he said, a few years ago. And it's like, well, okay. So like you were alluding to earlier when we were talking. Like he was basically saying, okay. So do you have any apology for this woman? You know what I'm saying? Do you? About, well, I couldn't. I, I yeah, talk to her.
0: Initially, I was instructed not to. And then he said, so, okay, now that everything is settled, have you apologize? And he said, I plan to in the future. What are you waiting for? Hey, it's a phone
1: call. Say sorry. Like, I, don't, I, mean, I know that's not going to make up for it, but, I mean, at least you could do is say I should have been better and I should have said something. I did not know it was going to go this far. Something. If you could do an interview and say all this other stuff, all you had to do is pick up the phone and call this woman. Right. Like, at least, at least, if you couldn't have been there before, be there now. I don't get it. I just think Urban Meyer, i am be honest with you, the whole thing was when, I, I think the situation, when, when she came to him, or when he found out all this information, I just think, in his head, he was just like, man, that's your relationship, you deal with it.
0: Well, no, and he said it in the interview, though, because Tom Rinaldi asked him, he said, How should female fans of Ohio State and, you know, women who want to support Ohio State and mothers who may want to send their kids to Ohio State, how should they feel about you, you know, supporting somebody and and trying to keep somebody um, hired who was a domestic abuser? And he said in his response, well, I, I felt like I was in a place to make a decision between hurting a family by removing their financial resource or doing what I could through keeping him employed and trying to help a troubled family through a tough time. Yeah. bro. you still missed an opportunity to say I don't support domestic violence. I want to take the steps to be able to stop this in the future. I want the female fans of Ohio State to know that I'm against domestic violence. Like, you missed an opportunity to say any piece of that. And all you had to say was well, I was trying to keep a family in their financial state. Your family. Right. In his exactly. financial state. Exactly. Like, let's let's be for real about it, man. And that's what he's still trying to do right now.
1: That's the only reason he's giving this interview because he's just trying to make sure he doesn't get fired and that nothing more happens from this. Because right. it it is what it is. I mean, Urban Meyer, I don't really have a every every time he talks now, I just it, it feel like he just put he's just getting digging a, a deeper ditch. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, let's not bring – I mean, I'm going to bring it up right now, but Ezekiel Elliott, Ohio State, you coached him, domestic violence, right? That started at Ohio State. It didn't start in the NFL. That whole story that came out with Ezekiel Elliott was when you were at Ohio State. Right. Gary and Connolly, played for the Raiders. When I went crazy, when they drafted him, which he still hasn't done anything for us, which is – major disappointment, but did he not get in trouble for being in a hotel room and possibly raping somebody? This has it's been happening on your watch all the time. They said it's been 20-something or 30-something arrest incidents in your coaching right. career. This, you sit here and you preach that, oh, no, Urban Meyer doesn't support domestic violence. You have not done anything that says that you Support, are you are defending any bias in a domestic violence situation? Nothing. Nothing. I understand Ezekiel is a raw player and he's one of the best players you know that you've ever had. Doesn't matter. If you really stand by this, you should have done something about that. You should have done something about Gary Connell. You should have done something about Zach Smith, who is a coach. Just I understand you don't want somebody to lose their job, but are you? I mean, this is your job. Right. You have to do what's right for your job. Your job is to inform the athletic, direct, uh, athletic director what is going on. He's employed. He's, he's an employee
0: of you. So, so now bring up, you. you bring up the athletic director. I'm the athletic director of Ohio State. People are going to start digging all the same stuff that we just talked about up. I got to look at Urban Meyer. I just gave him a bunch of money. What does that say about me if I don't take some other action once this season's over? Because, again, it's clear Urban Meyer is not remorseful. It's clear there's a history and a pattern here. I don't know that there's going to be a ton of action against Ohio State because of this. I think that him doing this interview is part of their way of trying to continue to sweep this under the rug. But as Ohio State athletic director, if you truly cared about this situation, should you be making some sort of move? Yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, that three games slapping the wrist didn't mean anything. I mean, that's not enough. I'm sorry. If you really want to set an example, fire the man. You should have done it already. I mean, you playing Rutgers and TCU and whoever else, bummed what you played in the first week doesn't matter. I mean, you won every game easily. Right. And he coached. He was. He was – coaching in practice every time. So, I mean, this this doesn't do anything. Like, this shows no kind of remorse from the whole Ohio State program at, at, in general. Like, you got to understand. As a parent, you know that you would have to deal with that situation if your son was to get to a point where Ohio State was looking at him and whatever, North Carolina, whoever, whatever school I, I open. Because if you're going to Ohio State, you probably have offers from every other school in the country, right. Alabama, whatever. Why would I want to put my son in a situation where this man can't even control him or anybody in his staff, let alone the players? Not saying that your son would do that or anybody else's son would do that, but I want a man that's going to lead, like a a, a man that if I send my child to college, I want to know that he can lead my son in the right direction because college is not just about playing football. And I think that's what Urban Meyer doesn't understand. Right. Urban Meyer just understands that, oh, well, we got to win games. If right. I get W's, nothing, nothing should matter. Oh. Oh, domestic violence. oh, who cares? I've I won the whole season. We, we, won, uh, we won the uh, national championship. No, that doesn't mean that. You have to still direct these men because ha- most of them don't go to the in, in NFL. Most of them don't get these opportunities. They still have to go out and be men in society. Correct. And even the people in the NFL do. Correct. I mean, you still have to do things later on in life, and if you're allowing this at Ohio State – to go down where not only are the players messing up, but the coaches now, and you don't even care about it. Why should, why would anybody else care about it? That's, that's somebody's kid. That's, that's, that's in these situations. And Zach Smith, I mean, that's a family, but his kids are affected by that too. Courtney Smith is affected by this. You don't, you only care about winning. And if he's helping you
0: win, you're basically sending a message. We get W, so what? Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you a thousand percent. Um, and I, I I think it's something that needs to be legitimately addressed and that, you know, Ohio State really got to step out and and really make a statement. Um, because I, I, again, watching that interview, I don't feel like he was remorseful. I don't think that he really cares about the victim and victims of domestic violence that have happened underneath his watch. And I think, like you said, he's just trying to do whatever he needs to do to win football games. And I think that's how you breed situations like and not to just keep calling him out, but like a Jameis Winston who feels like he could do whatever he wants to do as long as he's winning games. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. He started in college. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't addressed at Florida State, and it carried on into his NFL career. And so if if you're allowing this from a coaching standpoint early on, then you're right. You know, it's it's got to be addressed and as an athletic director um, with with stories like the whole Larry Nassar case, you know what I mean? Like, you you have to nip these things in the bud now and really, really take a stance or else your university stands to really look to be as, you know, in trouble for, 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 for allowing this stuff to happen too. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not just Urban Meyer and his football team. He, is, he represents Ohio State. Right. Exactly. I mean, because that's how everybody sees it, man. Like, it's Ohio State is a brand.
1: It is what you're trying to present. You have to use that going forward. Like Urban Meyer can't be the face of, of, of Ohio State. Ohio State has to be the, the face of Ohio State. Right. Urban Meyer is just a piece of it. If Urban Meyer is not falling along, then he needs to be let go, just right. like anybody else in that thing. This is the this is your this is your system. It's a job, just like in any job. If something bad happens and you don't meet the right requirements, you need to be fired. That's it. It's still a job. It's still what you're supposed to do as a person, as a man. Irvin Meyer. I mean, it's already done. He's already got his three-game suspension. He's. I'm sure he's not even tripping, which is a sad thing. But you know, Courtney Smith might not ever hear a, a, an apology from him. Right. But he 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 could care less. I, I'm I'm at this point after hearing that interview, I almost thought he could care less.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares at all, which is terrible. Um all right, so moving right along here, um there are a few little things out on what we call the rumor mill. Um so there are some NBA rumors out there, one of which being that Katie may be going to LA at the end of this season. Thoughts, feelings? I mean
1: it's funny though because you know we've we've heard everything about okay, obviously LeBron went to LA this past uh summer. So we haven't seen him play yet, but obviously in a month actually they will be playing their first game over there. Now, they just got rid of um Deng's Dang's contract so that freed up so next year they will have enough money for a max player, KD. Would be a max player. KD has kept signing one-year deals with the Golden State Warriors ever since he's been there. Well, I right. say two years with the one-year player option or a second-year player option. Now, everybody would say, "Okay, it would be crazy. Why would KD leave? They've won three out of four championships. They're destroying people. DeBron obviously can't get past them. Why would you want to leave Steph, Clay, Draymond, and now?" boogie cousin it seems like is going to be in the fold for them this season why would you want to leave that makes no sense I'm just gonna tell you like this in today's NBA the people are not tripping off of stay with one team and and, and retire there right they're using the, the their, their free agency to do what they want to do taking control, control of their own lives their own destinies be if they want to play somewhere, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to have the opportunity. It's no more of I'm going to stay like Kobe Bryant, stay in L.A. Or, or anything like that. You know, Tim Duncan played for the Spurs. They're not doing that anymore. Now the freedom is there. They want to capitalize on everything else. Golden State is a great opportunity, obviously, because of Silicon Valley and everything like that. I don't know what KD wants to do in his life. KD has a lot of tech companies right now our tech businesses that he's invested into. But he might want to get into L.A. lifestyle and movies. He does have a house out there. I mean, everybody they probably have houses all over the place. But I mean, he has a house out there. He always worked out with LeBron. It, it could be some truth to it because you got to think about this too. The salary cap's going to come up. Clay's going to need some money, right, at the end of the year. So they're going to have to pay him. It. Clay's going to he's going to demand somewhere close to a max deal. If not a max deal, Draymond's going to follow him the year after that. Boogie Cousins, obviously. Is going to hold the plate himself back to a max contract situation. Correct. Joe Lacob can't pay everybody. You already paying Steph forty million. You can't pay five people max deals. It's just not. You can't can't work. And you still got Andre Iguodala making sixteen and Sean making eight. So if you're
0: somebody's got to have to break. If if you're LA and you and you you have the opportunity now to look at pulling a max player from the Warriors, be it Katie or Clay. Which one is more valuable to you? I mean, I'm not gonna pass up KD ever.
1: Okay. <laughs> if KD tells me he wants to play for the. <laughs> if you could put the best, the, the two best players in the entire world on the same team, I, I look, I think Clay would, would work very well with LeBron. I'll say that. I think that would be a great, a great one-two punch. But I'm not, I'm not passing up. I don't care if it works or it doesn't work. I, if KD wants to play for the Lakers, and I'm LeBron. Bring his ass here. Whatever it takes, i I go
0: pick him up from the airport, whatever I need to do. (laughs) I'm not mad at that. Would you still attempt to hunt a Kawhi or you can't afford that now? Honestly, it would be – Kawhi would have to come to me. After yeah.
1: everything that happened, you know, this past with the Spurs and him trying to force out, I thought he was going to try to go to the Lakers, but it doesn't seem like now he's talking about, oh, well, maybe it might not be the Lakers, maybe I might stay here. I don't think he knows what he wants to do. If he came to me and said he wanted to play, then, yeah, I would definitely look at it. But like I said, if KD wants to come to play with me and I'm the Lakers, that's the only person I'm looking at, period, point blank. I could care less about anybody else. KD said they would come You come. Now, look, I'm not saying this. I know all the Bay Area Warriors fans. I don't want him to leave. I ain't saying that because I'm trying to tell you he is going to leave. I ain't saying I want him to leave. I love Katie in the Bay. Period point. But I hope this dynasty goes on forever. It won't because they're going to get old as hell, but I wish it could. I mean, this is the greatest thing that's happened to us as a sports town that we can, you know what I'm saying, because Giants is cool, but I don't don't, don't mess with them like that. But my point is I don't want him to leave, but you got to understand, free agency now Is people they 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 do what they want to do, and Kay has
0: has been known to move. And and we talked about it at the end of season one, um, and you just kind of mentioned it a little bit too. The Warriors can only afford to pay so many people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't I don't I don't don't care how you want to twist and turn it. So, Lake of is great, um, but you can only afford to pay so many people, and it's going to come up, and so you know, when it gets to that point. The, the Golden State Warriors are going to have to look at who we keep, who we who we have to let go and why and what 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 we can bring in and what we can afford to bring in, who we can draft and what we can train. And at some point, they're going to be in a situation where they're giving up somebody. And so you just, you know, you 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 want to make sure you keep the pieces you really want. And if KD decides to go, he goes. Um, You know, you really can't. I mean, you really can't cry over it you just got to be able to say all right well now i can sign clay i can give draymond his and be able to get you know somebody through the drafts that we could train up in that that three spot and and make another you know saying somebody in that spot you know what i mean but it'll be interesting to see um nba season starts in i think less than 29 days something like that 28 days or something like that so i'm i'm juiced for it i'm ready to see how that goes down um this this past weekend, Triple G. Mm. Canelo. They got yeah. it in. Um, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest and say I did not watch the fight live, I watched it replayed. <laughs> um, but I did see a lot of people's reaction to the fight. A lot of people say scorecard-wise, um triple G got robbed. Um, some other people say, you know, if you watch the fight, Canelo was 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 winning anyway, and so Triple G should have had, you know, should have known in his mind that he really had to put him down on the canvas if he really wanted to win this fight. He shouldn't have left it up to the scorecard anyway. As somebody that watched it, let me let me let me get you to jump in on it. Yeah, I, I watched it.
1: Um, I thought it was a great fight, um, one of the best fights of the year, obviously, just like the first one was. But you know, I, I thought that Triple G did win the scorecard. He threw a lot of jabs. Kept Canelo off off of him pretty much with a jab. Personally, I felt that Canelo won. Canelo was moving forward the whole time. He had some great hit. Power punches, he he won that scorecard all day long. Uh, He hit Triple G with a whole bunch of blows. Now, Canelo did two. I mean, I'm sorry, Triple G did two. He did hit Canelo with a few real hard hits. Um, One, actually, I thought he was going to go down. He stunned the hell out of uh, Canelo, but... He never dropped him. He never put him down. I I think because Triple G was the favorite to go in this fight and he wasn't being, I guess, aggressive enough to people's likings, uh, Canelo Canelo won that fight just because of that one reason. Now, you got to understand, Canelo is being bred to be the new star in boxing. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's under Golden Boy Productions, you know, Oscar De La Hoya, they want him to shine. I knew that if it was going to be a scorecard, if it's going to go down to the scorecards, as long as Canelo kept his own in the fight, that he would most likely win. One judge had him a tie. The other two, I think it was, well, it, was it was it was decision by or basically two points. But they basically voted, I guess, for Canelo to win, of course. And I, I just, I knew it was going to happen. I did. I just, I thought when I, when I saw the end of the fight, I just was like, well, Triple G didn't do enough. He should have, you know, been more aggressive in the beginning. <clears throat> he kind of picked it up a little bit more in the later rounds. I think his, you know, his trainers probably told him, you know, you got to throw more. Stop worrying about the jab. Go into the body a little bit. But, oh, no, it was a good fight. I just, I really think it was probably set up for another one just to so get more in the pocket, you know, yeah. a little bit of money. Yeah. But I thought it was, I thought it was a great fight to keep on the rumor mill. <laughs> because salty Floyd Mayweather Oh, <laughs> Salty Floyd had to do this. Now, this is the funniest thing ever because Floyd has still not got over the fact that he wants to be the big draw, even though he's not fighting. Right. Okay? He he doesn't like the fact that people get more shine than him. He still wants to be on everybody's mind, which is fine. I mean, I can understand that. The man's 50 and 0. He's made billions probably in his career. Um, Spent. Spent nine percent of it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, we know how flashy money May is, but my point is this
0: got stories about that, yeah, for real.
1: Um, so Mayweather was actually at a, at was hanging around with uh, Manny Pacquiao. I guess they, I don't know how they met, but they're in Tokyo, Japan, and uh, tweet came out from Mayweather, video on his Twitter came out. Basically showing him and Manny Pacquiao together in some like club or some kind of setting, and basically on the bottom it said, "Me and Manny are gonna fight in December." Get another nine figure payday. He had he had to throw a nine figure payday just to just just to <laughs> just to make Canelo and Triple G feel a little bit bad about them going out and fight. I don't know what what Triple G and, and, and Canelo made. I can tell you right now they didn't make nine figures. No, not at all. But no. you know he had to put that out right before the fight, right before Canelo and Triple G's fight, just to show the world, like, okay, I know y'all about to watch this, but I'm coming back. You feel me? So that's gonna be interesting. It still hasn't come.
0: I don't think Floyd has a hundred million dollar pay to hit him though. Like I think, I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a media circus. But I don't think it, because the last fight was so trash in terms of boxing, in terms of actual fighting. I don't think, like, I think it might be a 50. He might be like halfway there. He might be like $50 million, maybe 25. But it ain't going to be no $100 million payout. Like, there's not, he's not going to get that, that kind of sponsorship.
1: Yes, he is. I'm telling you, he made $300 million from that last fight. Yes, he is. I'm telling you right now, everybody who's sitting here watching the podcast is going to sit there and go, I ain't watching that fight. I guarantee you. I guarantee yeah. they charge $89 for Canelo and Triple G. And people will. I
0: mean, I, 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 as I say this, I'm pretty sure you already have rooms for us booked in Vegas. So I, I'm talking that shit, but I already know that we'll be involved, in some kind of way. So.
1: Exactly. They. I'm telling you right now, they're setting that thing up. People will buy it. That price will be $150, and people will tune in to see these old men fight, and they will rob everybody for their money again. Once again.
0: Oh, man.
1: You remember the last time we was up there for that fight, man? Oh um, that, that was first nice of all, we went we went to a we went to a fight party. I can't even explain how terrible that was. <laughs>
0: didn't,
1: even, didn't, even get, didn't even get to see the last two rounds. They ran out of alcohol. I didn't I don't know what was going on. Like it, it just was I was, forgot the
0: TV got cut off at the end.
1: Got cut off. Everybody was just going crazy. But yeah, I mean. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, money, when money is involved, may what it's about. They're going to promote that just like they did Connor. They're going to do everything, and and people are going to go up to Vegas, me and you included, most likely. And it's just going to be a circus, but they're going to get their money. Vegas is, I know Vegas is up for it. They just, come on, bring it in because Vegas needs that. They need that money to come in there. So let's
0: do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Money, May, Pacquiao. I'm 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 down if it goes down. So, um rounding out the week show as we do, um got to make sure that you give the people your outlook on this week's games. Um anything that jumps out at you. I know I already said I'm taking the Bucks plus the points. Um I don't bet. I'm just saying that. Um I don't over look.
1: I mean, as bad as the Steelers are right now, that's that that I wouldn't doubt it. I'll put it like that. I wouldn't doubt it. Let's see. Yeah, what do you got? So, first game that I think that stands out to me, um, it's a low score. I'm going to go with the total for this one. Cowboys and Seahawks. Uh, this is a terrible game all around. I don't know if you've watched the Cowboys lately, but they're terrible. They're god-awful. Yeah. They can't generate any points. They're having trouble, obviously, with their wide receiver. Dak Prescott hasn't been able to throw the ball. He did a little bit last game when they played the Giants on Sunday night football. But it was an ugly game, an ugly, ugly, ugly game. He made one big 75-yard play. Other than that, they didn't do anything. I'm just going to be honest. They didn't do anything. Anyway, they played the Seahawks, who we also saw on Monday night football against the shadow bears who look, yes, as bad. I mean, they, they, they tried to come back a little bit. Didn't do enough. Um, this total right now is sitting at 42 Seattle's loud. The crowd's is going to be energetic. This is their first home game of the year. So that crowd will be going crazy despite the fact that they are terrible. Um, I think that it will be tough for Dak Prescott to get any kind of, you know, momentum going up there. I think Seattle has their own problems with their offensive line. Without Doug Baldwin, um, Tyler Lockett is probably their best receiver. Old Brandon Marshall is playing for him. We, that's terrible. So what I'm looking at on that one is the under 42 and a half. Um, that's what I am personally going to take. That is my probably best bet of the week. It's a low scoring total, so it might be hard for a lot of you to bet that if you do bet. So, I mean, if you don't like betting unders, then I can see why you would stay away from it. But I don't think it's going to be too many points generated in that game. Um, the second game I have,
0: <laughs> I gotta say it, but I gotta run with this. I'm sorry. The 49ers and the Chiefs. Oh, I, I, I looked at that. I'm again, I, I'm a 49ers fan, but I'm a realist too. The Chiefs are rolling right now. Chiefs are rolling now. The only hope that I,
1: I think that the 49ers have in this game is that well, it's actually going to go against them too because that crowd that's going to be their first home game of the season, and their team is looking like world beaters. That crowd is going to be crazy. Kansas City's probably got the best atmosphere in all of football. It used to be Seattle. I think Kansas City took over now. They set, I think, like a world, a Guinness World Record on how a loud crowd or whatever. On the sound right. crowd. Anyway, the 49ers are probably going to be without Marquise Goodwin, their wide receiver. Um, Pierre Garçon will be up there, I guess, but he's not really doing that well this season, him and – Jimmy G haven't really found a good connection together. Um, Dante Pettis is playing pretty well, but I don't know with all that loud noise. And offensive line is really going to be affected, I think, on 49ers' side of the ball. And the secondary is terrible. With that fast offense with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and Kareem Hunt, who was on my fantasy team, who let's hope gets it done against you because you guys have no defense. Uh, I
0: just think it's going to be a long day for, for the 49ers. Um, I, I do too. Um, and I mean, again, with, with Pat Mahomes, I mean, man's looking amazing right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't even fault you for going that way. As, as Again, I'm a fan, but I'm a realist. And you got to look at what, what's going on in Kansas City and it being a home game. Um, it's going to be a tough one for, for San Francisco to even get close on the – I think it's five-and-a-half points is the – it, it went up to
1: six-and-a-half. Yeah. It uh, went up to six-and-a-half now. It's I – mean, it's, it's, if it's below a touchdown, I, I would take Kansas City. As long – if you can bet it now at six-and-a-half before it gets – because it's going to climb. By the time the game starts, I can guarantee that thing might be seven-and-a-half, eight points. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would go with that if you don't want to take that, if you feel a little nervous, especially if it gets past seven – and a lot of people don't like – I don't really like taking points, especially over seven and a half because if it comes down to a field goal – I mean to a touchdown that's seven points. It's like you, know, you lost by half point. If you don't want to take that, I would take the over. I do think that Jimmy might be able to, to, to let the ball go if the offensive line can hold up. So you might be able to get at least 24 points out of him. Uh, either way, I can't say he's going to score at least 30. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. The, only way that's, the only way the 49ers can win is they got, they got to score over 30 points. That's just that's – it is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, either way, over or the the, the six-and-a-half for Kansas City. Six-and-a-half is my bet, but if you want to take the the over, that probably will hit two. The last game I think I would probably look at, um, and this has gone up a little bit too, but I think this might actually be a little bit of a uh, – I don't know, because the Patriots haven't been the Patriots.
0: I was looking at that same game.
1: Lately. Um, this could be an also another over game, only because – this is, the, this is the only angle I have for the, for the Detroit Lions. Matt Patricia is the coach of the, the Lions. He also used to coach uh, the defensive coordinator for the Patriots last year. So he's seen, obviously, he's constructed defenses, seen Tom Brady play at different things. Now, Bill Belichick has notoriously killed every single one of his disciples that has been under him that have made coaching jobs in the NFL every time he's played them. Yeah. Killed them. He yep. destroyed them. Now with the addition of Josh Gordon, who's gonna—I know he's gonna run some plays. He might not have him run the whole game, but he's gonna have some plays that won't be able to defend. The Detroit Lions are terrible at, at defense. We've—we've we've seen that forty, what was it? 46, 42, whatever it was points with the Jets. They let y'all score thirty. Right. I mean, I don't see how Tom Brady can't carve them apart either. You know what I'm saying? Their their defense is suffering right now. I think they might be able to put up a little bit of points. You know, run with Golden Tate, Marvin Jones over there. um, They got that dude. dude, I think his name is Galloway, Galladay or something like that. Kenny Galladay. Uh, He's a big receiver. He's actually pretty good. But Legarrette Blunt going to back to play against him. That's not going to work, right? Bill Belichick knows everything about him. He knows exactly what kind of defense that. Matt Patricia is going to run because he runs the same defense that New England used to run. I just don't. It's just not a good spot for Matt Patricia. I mean, just coming back from San Francisco, going back to Detroit. I know it's a home game from Detroit, but facing your facing your um, predecessor, whatever predecessor, whatever, or your I should say not predecessor, your the guy you looked up to,
0: whatever the guy yeah. you looked
1: up to that you that you learned everything from. It's not going to work.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I. I- I was looking at that same game um, for for similar reasons and also both of the last two games that you just mentioned affect my fantasy team um, as I have Matt Stafford and Jimmy G as quarterbacks, which I will be making changes after we finish recording this show Um, (laughs) to my team immediately. Uh, One game I just want to point out that I thought was kind of funny uh, because you said that you don't like picking games that are more than a touchdown um, oh, I think I think this, this game has settled back down. Wait, where was it? They originally had the Minnesota game, I think, at 16 and a half. Yeah, yeah, um, against,
1: against the trash bills, who just as we spoke about earlier lost one of their cornerbacks because he decided not to play anymore. Uh, yeah, it is actually at let me see. It is at 16 and a half still.
0: Yeah, 16 and a half. <laughs> now, <let's, laughs>
1: this is the crazy part about this. Now, this is what I want you guys to understand This the point spread is at 16 and a half in week three. That's atrocious. I have never seen that before. 16 and a half in week three. These teams don't even know how to play against each other yet. They haven't figured. They're not even in shape. Other players are not even in shape, and they have a 16 and a half point spread against another team. Now, this is the other funny part about it. That over and under is forty points. So they're basically saying that this team, can't, this team's not going to do anything. Like the Bills are going to show up and literally not score a point. Six. How can you have a point spread of 16 and a half points, but the under, the over, and under be 40? And forty? Unbelievable. Like, what is that? If you, if, yeah. if you're in the Bills locker room, other than the fact, like I said, that one of your teammates completely quit. What are you saying to yourself if you're looking at the paper and you see that it's sixteen and a half points points point spread with over hundred forty, what does that say about you and your yeah. teammates? Yeah, that you guys literally can't get anything done at all to where they're just basically saying you have no chance
0: yeah like, and and why again, Vontae Davis probably was just like, "You know what? I'm out of here, yeah, I'm not trying to cover it." Adam Thielen
1: or Stefan Diggs next week. Like, that's not, it's not going to be me. (laughs) I'll leave that up to y'all. It's not going to be me. I am not.
0: I got got stuff to do. (laughs) Y'all can have this. That's cold. So, um, so we'll, we'll be interested to see how week three of the NFL goes down, um, along with some of these other flagrant foul stories that have come out. So with that being said, um, y'all make sure you check in at theflagrantfowl.com for all of the hella flagrant stories. Um, you know, this podcast, all of the the, the you know, previous episodes of Hella Flagrant, the podcast from season one, episode one from season two, um, and all other hella flagrant stories that you can find on theflagrantfowl.com. You can see it scrolling across the bottom right there. Make sure you go and check out flagrantfowl.com. Um, for all of your Hella Flagrant stories. Um, likewise, hellaflagrant.com, you know what I'm saying? We got the shirts, the Earn stripe ones this season, you know what I'm saying, the new ones. Got those, so make sure at the very bottom you see that as well. We got the hellaflagrant.com. Make sure you check that out. Um, come get your Hella Flagrant merch. We got it in, in team colors of all So You see, Sean got the, the A's one, you know what I mean? I believe, if I heard correctly, they officially clinched the wild card spot. Yep. Even though they lost down here in Tampa, it's all right. It's all good. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so get you a Hella Flagrant tea and, uh, you know, shop with us.
1: Yep. All colors, um, all sizes, men and women. But like you said, go to hellaflagrant.com. Check us out. Once again, com is where you can find all the stories, the podcasts, everything that we do. We do it for y'all. Like, Subscribe everything we got instagram pages obviously that we do we have you know facebook follow us like subscribe everything everything that we have you can find us on youtube soundcloud itunes uh google you know do this we do this for y'all so like i said like we've told you before if you have any comments any questions you want to be on the show and you want to have you know a little cameo you have something to say hit us up let us know, you know what I'm saying? Shoot us a message. We'll be glad to, to respond to you guys, you know, but cause we do this for y'all. We're trying to make this better. If you have any feedback, you know, let us know what's going on.
0: Yep. And you know, again, we also looking for people to be on the show. We want people to interview. We want to have you right here, live on this show. So if you got something you want to talk about, something we brought up and you you feel some type of way, you want to discuss it with us, you want to argue with us, we got plenty of room. So come on in. Come do yeah. some. Go, let's get it done um hashtag hella the podcast season two coming at you episode three we'll be right back at you uh do you understand We ready to get it in check us out